0: Hello there and welcome to the how to market your horse business podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me here today. And we are going to be talking about a topic that I know many of you have had questions about and breaking it down because you know I love a good practical step by step process. But before we get into that, just in case you and I have not yet met, I want to quickly introduce myself so that you know who is sitting on the other side of the microphone. Now, as you've likely guessed, my name is Denise Alvarez and through my business, Storm Lily Marketing, I have the honor and pleasure of helping the everyday horse business owner like you turn your website visitors into your customers. I do that through coaching as well as website design and copy content, email marketing strategy and social stride, my monthly coaching program. I do each of these things, including this podcast here, so that you all can be out serving your clients, working with horses, doing what you love to do in the equine industry. I get that marketing is not everybody's love language. And so I'm here to help you break it down. So I will use a mix of step-by-step strategies and basic how-tos to help you not only see what's possible for your business, but to guide you through the process to make it happen. And today, I have an amazing guest who is going to help guide you through Facebook ads. Now, I will tell you, this is not a where to go and do what inside of the ads manager. As you can imagine, that's a little bit difficult to do on a podcast because that's more of a visual process. But instead, Katie is going to walk you through six steps to creating an ad strategy and actually creating the ad, the successful ad that's going to work for your horse business. So she has broken it down wonderfully. And you guys, we are so honored to have Katie Cannon on this podcast with us. She will tell you about her history, but can I just tease it a little bit? She has managed digital marketing for Lowe's, Marriott and has a ton of agency experience. She has done many things inside of the equine industry. That's what she loves to do now. And so she is bringing that experience and that knowledge to help you all see how Facebook ads can work for you. So I'm going to ask her some of the questions that I believe are on the tip of your tongue so that you can hear her answer. And if you have any questions about it as you're listening, and if you're trying to take notes, you can of course go to the show notes at stormlily.com slash 77. I will outline these notes for you or these six steps from Katie. She also talks about a couple of resources, and I will make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. So you can find everything you need at stormlily.com slash 77. But for now, get ready because Katie Cannon is about to bring you the Facebook ad strategy that is going to work to connect you to the right people. So here's my interview with Katie Cannon. Okay. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining me on the podcast. I'm so grateful you are here with us today.
1: Excited to be here too and chat all things Facebook ads with you.
0: Right? I love that because not everybody's excited to talk about Facebook ads. So I'm very grateful that you are. But before we dive into that, I would love if you would just share some of your background with my listeners, let them know how you came to where you are now, which is what I call a Facebook ads expert, because it's expert level what you are doing compared to what many of us know, but you're now serving horse businesses. So you've been involved in horse businesses. You've been involved with others that are not. So share a little bit about that if you would.
1: Sure. So um, I'm Katie Cannon. So my background is in primarily in advertising from a, from a marketing perspective. So I grew up as a kid on horses, always rode for fun. Uh, and when I graduated college, uh, my dad handed me the bill, said it's your turn. And so I went and pursued a career in marketing and not in horses. It was a little easier for me at that time uh, to be able to do um, the horses for fun and, and keep working through marketing. So I worked in some technology startups And then I ended up um, moving to North Carolina and at Lowe's where I managed uh, uh, advertising budget across uh, multiple digital platforms of upwards of 110, 150 million dollars a year. Um, We invested over uh, 35 million dollars a year on Facebook alone um, uh, in one particular year. Uh, So very deeply ingrained in the Facebook team, I actually sat with a lot of the Facebook ads developers for a good amount of time, um, helping them early on with their products. This was back in uh, 2014, 2015, and 2016, which is when their ad platforms was really beginning. Uh, And then from there, I went, uh, worked in uh, corporate consulting, had a lot of clients across banking and finance, uh, as well as some technology startup, uh, sorry, t- big technology brands um, that you might know, things like Dell. Uh, and then uh, I went and ran um, uh, marketing technology and integration for Marriott International Hotels. Uh, I represented all brands uh, across the globe, uh, it, primarily in uh, social advertising and advertising targeting. And then when the pandemic hit, I um, we were given the option to take a severance package and my husband and I had been chatting for a while anyway, that we wanted to do more traveling. I wanted to ride a little bit more. And so I took the package and I left. And I started working with equestrian brands, um, and small uh, equestrian services. So I could start to meld my passion, which is horses, and the work that I did, uh, in marketing and advertising, um, and totally pivoted my career, uh, and now support, uh, equestrian brands uh, from an advertising, marketing, product positioning, and branding perspective. And it's been quite the evolution, but an incredible amount of fun to bring kind of the knowledge from being really deep into advertising and applying it and all the successes you can see when you have huge, massive budgets to smaller companies um, that may not be able to leverage the power of their dollars. And it's it's been a lot of fun.
0: Uh, that's that's awesome I so appreciate you sharing that and now I'm sure for my listeners they're going okay that's why they called her a Facebook ads expert because you have you do have an expertise and an experience that you get to bring to the table and I love that you get to now meld that together with the horses that you love um, and the businesses that you love to serve so that's why I'm so grateful that you are here on the podcast sharing so a lot of horse business owners are of curious about Facebook ads, and maybe they've dipped a toe in, um, but I know a lot of owners, a lot of listeners are still feeling overwhelmed. They're still feeling unsure um, if Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever you want to direction you want to go, if it's worth their money and if it's worth their time. So I'm so grateful you're here because I know that you have some strategies and some tips that they're going to be able to use to make the most of what they have to offer, but also of what Facebook and Instagram ads has to offer as well. For
1: sure. Yeah. There's an incredible amount of power in the platform, Um, but uh, you've got to know kind of how to leverage it uh, because there's almost uh, too many options kind of depending how you go into it And, and figuring out where to focus and apply your time and your dollars. is really important, especially for a small business.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because man, yeah, those options is what can be overwhelming. And it can be so easy when you look at it to see, oh, $5 a day, $10 a day, But then over time, that adds up too. And then you're going, do it. Did I even get anything for that $50, $100, $200? Um, So, which I'm sure you'll speak into. So I would love for us to dive in. So my hope is that horse business owners that are listening specifically that are just getting into it. So those that are going to be managing it themselves right now, just trying to get a handle on it. Maybe they're not quite at a place where they can hire somebody like you to really invest a fair amount of money to get what they need, but maybe they just want to try to figure it out, right? Maybe they just want to get some new leads in the door. They want to build their email list a little bit, that type of thing. I would love for you to share some practical ways or some practical things they should know that will help them really make the most of the platform?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I will plug in Facebook's um, blueprint uh, education platform that they have. Um, Obviously, I'm going to share a bunch of tips. But if you have an extra couple of hours as a business owner, uh, Facebook has a free um, learning platform that you can go and it will go to online and you can learn everything about their platform from how to set up a campaign to strategic things. And it's a really fantastic resources for people who are DIYing it. Um, That said, there's also a lot of things that, you know, you and I can chat about today. Uh, So, I mean, a lot of small business owners are probably looking at Facebook and they're saying that that's where all of their clients are spending their time, Facebook and Instagram, especially if you're starting to cater towards some of the younger generations um, who are spending probably significantly even more time on Instagram. Um, in 2016-ish, uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, made some changes to the Facebook algorithm where they started prioritizing friends and family content and then what they call informative and entertaining content. And a lot of small business owners who have been posting updates and um, information about their business and reaching consumers fairly successfully organically saw their uh, organic reach plummet like... I think the statistic is like more than 50%. And so, and that's around the same time that they started promoting advertising. And so, there's a lot of um, information out there that you should be promoting your posts in order to get them in front of the right people. And Facebook ads are incredibly powerful, and that they can be uh, a really great way to get the results that you're looking for. Um, if you know kind of where to go from there. So I think that's a big reason why consumer, uh, why, uh, horse businesses, um, are probably asking that question. Is that what you're hearing from your clients?
0: Yeah. The, the idea of organic reach, obviously a lot of people are really, honestly, that's a marketing term that most of my people probably don't use. <laughs> They're more just, but I use it as well. And then I'm like, okay, organic just means you didn't put any money behind it. Right. It's just like, you just put it out there to see what would happen. Um, and yeah, it's a lot harder. I mean, I know you probably have seen a number of stats as well. The last one I saw was that about 3% of your followers are going to see your content organically on average. Obviously, it depends on the engagement that your page is, already has and you know, number of factors. But generally speaking, if they have a 1,000 people that follow their page or their account, only about 3% of those are going to see their content organically on average
1: yeah, and that's and that's pretty accurate., um, you know, it can ebb and flow from there, depending on what you're posting. But for sure, if you're posting more informative and entertaining content, it's gonna be a little bit higher. If not, it'll be a little bit lower, which is where ads come in and and why they're so powerful. Um, I think uh, from a what I would recommend a brand to do first before they even start looking at ads is starting to look at your insights on your page. So, Get your page set up in Facebook Business Manager. Get your Instagram page set over to a business account instead of a personal account. And at least for a few weeks or even a month or more before you start advertising, start tracking your insights. Start looking at how many um, uh, people are my posts reaching whenever I do post them. Uh, Can I figure out anything about who they are specifically? Are they, is it a specific demographic, uh, meaning age range? Um, gender, location that are watching my posts more so than others? Uh, are there types of content that I'm posting on either Facebook or Instagram that is more engaging than not? Um, and get a baseline for where you are now before you even start thinking about advertising so that you can begin to understand what am what is working? Who am I targeting? Um, who is responding really well? And then w- once you have a good grasp of who from a social perspective you're reaching already, then is a good time to start thinking about, okay, should I be promoting? And um, you know who am I promoting to? And, and then where do I go from there?
0: Okay, that's really super good for especially the Instagram, if you would. And I didn't tell you, I was going to ask this. Um, but of course, on Instagram, there are what, three different profile types, right? So there's the, the personal creator and business. So you're saying if you're a business, your recommendation is to be a business account.
1: Business or creator. I mean, it can be either. Um, but uh, but because both of those give you access to the analytics. If you're a personal account, you won't have access to the analytics. Um, creators, if you are creating a lot of reels, then you're really savvy with that. Um, creator is going to be a better fit for you because you have access to a little bit more from a creation perspective. Um, but if you're... Pr- posting primarily updates. Um, a business account is probably more relevant to you. Um, they are starting to crack down a little bit on people who, are, who say they have creator accounts, but then aren't actually creating anything. Um, so it's important to kind of know where you are from a business perspective uh, and, and move into one of those. But you only will get the insights you need if you're on one of those two types of accounts.
0: Okay, and then can an Instagram creator account run ads or it has to be a business account when it comes time to run ads
1: it can you can be a creator account to run ads um, whether that um, stays the same going forward, I don't know. I would assume that you can there being a creator account also allows you to unlock a few things like if you wanted to do partnerships with brands if you're a barn or a trainer that has a lot of um A lot of followers that are really engaged and you do sponsorships with brands having a creator account can allow you to do some pretty unique um sponsorship opportunities with brands where you like work together and you'll see sometimes on instagram it's like created in partnership with um or uh where you can actually create a post and then a brand will pay to promote it for you that's we're getting a little bit advanced like at this point so creator can unlock some stuff. You can promote content if you are a creator account. Um, I don't know if that will stay
0: going forward, but for now it is. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's super helpful. Okay. So for either of those, and for those listening, you can't, you don't necessarily need to go create a spreadsheet to track these things. Like it gives you a really nice looking report, so to speak, um, just visually. So it's, it's fairly easy to go in and take a look Um, on a regular basis and see Um, tell me this when you tell people to look at what types of content are more engaging what factors do you typically advise them to look at um, when they're looking for engaging content right are they looking for shares are they looking for comments are they looking for all of the above more likes what for you do you like to see
1: so it depends on the size of your account Um, if you're a smaller account uh, you can factor all of those in fairly equally um, but generally speaking, a comment or a share is a better indicator of that of your content's resonance with that consumer. Because if you think about how you use Instagram, um, you actually have to stop, open up something, reshare it to your profile, type something. You have to co- if you're commenting, you actually have to think about what you're writing and who you're responding to. So that engagement can be a better indicator for you of how deep they're willing to go with your brand. That said, if you're a lot, a, a much smaller account and historically you haven't been um, optimizing your content to get those comments necessarily, you may not have a ton of data to go on from for that perspective. So then I would look at kind of all of the engagements that are occurring. But kind of the holy grail is your shares and your comments um, because it's a deeper engagement Uh, And likes are, you know, a little bit less than that, but any engagement on the platform is important.
0: Okay. Awesome. That's all super helpful. Okay. So first you want everybody to take a look at their insights before they move forward. So what's after that?
1: Sure. So then I would say a lot of people get really excited about it and they're like, all right, I'm ready to promote. Um, I want to put this post here and send it out to more people. Um, And my first question is, okay, that's great. Um, Can we rewind a little bit and let's talk about your business goals and your marketing goals before we even talk about, um, you know, what we're going to promote and when. And it's amazing to me how many um, small businesses, they might have some business goals, like I want to get 30 new clients this year, um, but they haven't really thought about how any of their marketing activity um, that they're doing, whether they know they're doing marketing activity or not, you know, things as simple as like, Pasting a a logo on my trailer is considered marketing activity. And did somebody see that on the road, right? How much of that marketing activity, what marketing activity am I doing? And what are my goals for my marketing? Is it to acquire new clients? Is it to further engage my current clients that I have and get them to um, buy more from me as opposed to, or sign up for more services? Like, Where is my time and energy focus from a marketing perspective? And get that really dialed in. Um, This doesn't need to be like a formal, like you don't have to create a presentation for your business or anything like this, but have a good idea in your mind. What are my business goals for the year? Uh, And then what are my marketing goals? What activities am I doing today to support my business goals through marketing? And then how do each of the activities I do line up to that? Um, That's the next really important thing because that's going to help you to inform which ads you choose to promote, where you choose to promote them and who you choose to promote them to.
0: Okay. That's so good. Can you give us a practical example when you say marketing goals? So like you said, business goals might be like, I want X number of clients or X number of repeat clients or that type of thing. What would marketing goals actually look like?
1: Yeah. So a marketing goal could be something like, I want to increase my reach on Instagram by 30%. Or something like that. So I want to reach more people on Instagram. Um, that might map back to, because you've somehow figured out that the more people I reach on Instagram means translates into roughly X number of additional clients for me. Um, or uh, a goal could be um, I want to increase the engagement of my posts on Instagram, or I want to get an X number of brand sponsorships for the year, which would be a marketing activity. Um, So that would be the goals, all of which support in theory should at least map up to a business goal that you have, whether you can directly correlate that with data or not um, kind of depends on what it is for the most part, when we're talking services companies and small businesses like this, there's not like a direct correlation, but anecdotally, I can kind of figure out that if I have more followers, it means that I'm getting more inquiries into my, into my inbox about lessons that I'm, that I'm teaching. If I, you know, I'm a lesson born. Um, and so therefore I want to reach more people on Instagram so that I get more inquiries. Uh, th- that would be the type of goal that you would want to be setting, or at least the question you want to be asking yourself.
0: Okay. That's super, super helpful. Cause I know many people are listening saying, okay, that sounds good in theory. Um, but then they need that. Like everything you just said was perfect at helping them just kind of figure out what some goals might look like. And if you listeners need to borrow some of those until you get that figured out, um, feel free <laughs> because wow. as she said, like anecdotally, yes, if you increase your reach, as long as what, you know, as long as your content is engaging, right. As long as you are selling your services and, you know, promoting, but also serving, being informative, all of those things, then ideally more reach is going to be more conversions. Um, so that's super, super good. Is there anything else in terms of business and marketing goals that you wanted to touch on?
1: Um, so, I mean, I think that's where you start, right? And then from there, what you need to then further define is, okay, now that I know what my business and marketing goals are, um, from a strategic perspective, who's my target, right? If, again, we'll go back to the lesson barn example, um, is like, let's say I cater towards young kids, um, who want to learn trip riding as an example. Um, my target is not actually going to be young kids, it's going to be the moms, um, uh, you know, who are going to be driving them there and are looking for something to do with their kids. Where do those moms primarily live? Are they suburban? Or are they a little more urban and they're commuting out towards you? You know, what's their income level? What are some of the things that they're interested in? And really hone in on who your target is. And then also hone in on what their problems are that they're trying to solve by searching for a barn that can help them you know, teach their kids trick riding? Is it because, you know, for as that specific example, their kid really likes tumbling but wants to figure out how to get into horses too? Um, are they driving them crazy at home and you provide a service where you'll take your hand, the, like kids off their hands for three hours, you know, twice a week? Then maybe that's how you wanna, what the problem you wanna solve for them. But think about who your target is and what problems they have that you as a business owner can solve. And then think about how do I, how do I solve their problem and that problem that we're talking about? And then how do I do that differently than all of my other competitors? And all of my other competitors doesn't necessarily mean all the other barns locally who are teaching trick riding. It's all the other barns and horse businesses locally that are trying to get my kid to come do barrel racing or come ride hunter jumper if they're in the English world or, um, you know, do a number of other things. So how is it that what I do? solves that customer's problem. And how is it that what I do is better for that person than some of the other solutions that are out there. And then you need to start to figure out what your offer is. So what are they, if they're going to come spend $75 for an hour to come get a lesson from me or whatever your pricing happens to be, what are they getting for that money? Are they learning how to do basic horse care um, are they spending 45 minutes exactly in, a, in the saddle? Are they uh, learning independence? Are they increasing their flexibility? You know, what are what are the 20 things that they get that, you know, we all know are the benefits of riding horses, but that, that parent may not know yet. Um, and then what is the value of that to each of them? And once you have all of that defined, which I understand sounds like a lot, um, but you can usually get there pretty quickly, It becomes really, really easy for you to figure out um, how you can start to market your product, how you write copy um, and how you figure out what you need to advertise in order to get those people to walk through the door
0: at your farm. Oh, my goodness. That's so good. Okay, let's back up a little bit. So talking about even target and offer. Yes. So for those that are listening, that are saying, hold on, I was just wanting to promote a post because I thought that's what I'm supposed to do to get it in front of more people. Speak to that person about why you're going this direction, right? Um, Why is it important that you even know your target, that you know what your offer is before you just start putting money behind, you know, a boosted post here and there. Um, Talk a little bit about that strategy, if you will.
1: Sure. So if you're um boosting or promoting a post. So I, it, there's a, a careful distinction we have to be there. There's boosted posts and there's promoted posts. Mm-hmm. So I can um when we're talking about promoting posts, this is putting dollars behind content that I generate. And there are two mechanisms by which I can do that. I can either boost it, um which is just a little blue button that you'll see on your post that Facebook flashes in your face on a regular basis that says <laughs> this post for more reach. uh uh-huh. Or I can create an ad campaign, which is where I go in through the business manager, create an ad campaign um, and promote that content through that ad campaign. They actually functionally to the consumer look the same, but there are big differences between the two. And I think it's important to have that distinction. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll talk from a high level about when we promote a a post. Um, I actually almost never recommend that anyone boost a post. Um, so, if you're boosting your post, you as a as a business, you'll get limited data to learn from. Your targeting options are much more limited, um, and boosted posts are actually only ever optimized for engagement and sometimes for reach. Um, which limits your ability to kind of pull a bunch of different levers to figure out what's working, what's not working, and getting get in front of the right people who are actually going to do what you want them to do versus what Facebook wants them to do, which is to engage with content. Um, and so, I to that end will usually never recommend that a company boost a post. I will recommend that they post, they promote their posts, but do so via an advertising campaign um, in Facebook Business Manager, which is a little bit more on the setup from the front end um, when you're setting it up, but you actually get an incredible amount of data from that campaign that you wouldn't get from the promoted posts that you can learn from and then apply from later on. You also have a lot more targeting options available to you when you're promoting your promote post through an ad campaign than if you're boosting it. I can choose whether I want that post to go to people who are likely to engage, who are likely, who just are going to reach, uh, see the post and scroll on and get more reach for it, I can go as far as finding people who are very likely to click on it and come to my website, or depending on how much volume I have, people who are actually going to convert. And a conversion would be like, if you're selling things online, Facebook can actually track that conversion. And I can set up a campaign to optimize towards people who are very likely to convert online. Now, obviously for a service-based business, that might be a little bit less relevant but I would want people to come to my website. And if I boost a post, I'm missing out on the ability for me to to tell the Facebook algorithm to put my ad in front of people who are likely to click. And so boosting is easy. It's quick. You can throw your post out there really fast, all of which is beneficial. um, But it's not something I generally would recommend anyone to do. Anyone to do. okay, that's good
0: <laughs> okay, that's super super helpful. um okay, so I apologize i threw I threw one in there extra at you with the promo okay. versus, but I said that. as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, that's not the same, but I know she'll clarify <laughs> um okay, so going back then, for those that are listening and saying, okay, um, why do I really need to know who my target is be and who what my offer is, right? so for example. When you're saying the offer, it's maybe going to be that you want to get them to sign up for lessons, right? Or, you know, come for a free consultation for training or something like that, right? So you're saying going back, one of the reasons that that's important is because you're wanting them to create a specific post, not just boost it. So they're going to have to have some intention behind their post in terms of having an offer inside of that. Is that what you're suggesting? Um, So they need to know what the offer is because the offer is actually inside of the post or if not clarify that a little bit for them. Yes.
1: So when you promote anything on Facebook, it's going to be in a post Um, and it's either going to be through the copy that comes if you're on Instagram below the post, if you're on Facebook above the post or it's going to be in the actual image itself, you know, and it can be things as like 10% off your first thing, or it can be like, you get these 10 things when you come to your first session with us. It can be, you know, like free t-shirt, you know, whatever the whatever the offer happens to be. And that is what's going to entice your the people who are seeing your ad to take the action that you want them to take. Um, i actually probably should clarify that each of these posts also needs to have a clear call to action. What is the next thing that you want them to do? Do you want them to come to your website and sign up? Do you want them to walk onto your farm? Like, what is that clear next thing? And um, it's important to have both your target and your offer identified because that's what's going to set you apart from every other post that they see online, right? Is it going to resonate with this person? Does it fulfill a need that this person has? Um, Is it entertaining enough? Uh, for this person to stop their scroll as they're scrolling and spend the, you know, two, three, five seconds with your ad that they need to in order to determine if they're going to click or take the action that you want them to do. And if you have your target identified and an offer um, that can be, that is clearly um, crafted for that specific person, they're more likely to stop and pay attention to your advertisement Then, if you were to just, you know, shamelessly plug, you know, we're the best lesson barn in the area. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Every other one of your competitors is doing the same thing. And Mm -hmm. so you need to be a little bit more clear about how you solve specific problems and why you do it differently through whatever your offer happens to be.
0: Okay. Thank you for helping speak into that. That's super, super helpful. Okay. So I'm sorry for the back and forth, but I want to make sure I didn't miss anything that you had on the part of time to market your offer. Um, What other insights did you want to share about that part?
1: Uh, in terms of what, sorry. So
0: by. no, you're good. So fourth was what is, so I'm sorry. I'm a note taker. So I'm taking notes while you talk so I can get this back in the show notes for anybody listening. Uh, show notes will be stormlily.com. So I will have um, an outline there for you. So I have, um, just to recap, first is look at your insights. Second is business and marketing goals and your strategy there. Third is to define who is your target. Fourth is to define your offer. And then fifth is now it's time to market your offer. So we talked a little bit about promoting versus boosting. Um, What else uh, would you have for them to know inside of that part of marketing their offer?
1: Gotcha. So from there, once you kind of have your offer defined, then you need to look at, um, you know, where's my customer spending time? How are they spending their time? And then where would I put my ad in order to get in front of them wherever they're spending time. Most of your customers, you know, spoiler alert, are spending a lot of time on Facebook and Instagram, which is why we're here having this conversation. And so then you need to put your ad in front of them. One of the cool things about Facebook and Instagram targeting is that you can get very specific about who you target when you're setting up an ad campaign. And when you're setting up an ad campaign, you're not only targeting the people who follow you. I can go into the ad campaign and I can say, I wanna target women between the age of 25 and 35 who have three kids who live in suburban, you know, Florida, where I live, who have an interest in horses, Uh, their kids are school age. And I can get that narrow so that my ads are only going in front of the people that I, that are of an interest to me and to my business. Um, And then I can put my offer specifically in front of them. And I'll do that in the, you know, the ads manager and write, And then when I set up my ad, I will have to write copy for my ad and then create usually a graphic or a video or something um, that will go along with that ad. One of the key things when you're going to create your advertisement on Facebook is to make sure it's something that is worthy of a stop, right? So the whole thing on Facebook, if if you spend a lot of time on Facebook or Instagram yourself, you scroll, 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 scroll. And then you might see something interesting because a friend or family posted it. Or you get an ad that's super relevant to you and you stop. And what you as a business need to do is think about what's the one thing that's gonna get somebody to stop scrolling and pay attention to me for just a few minutes. Um, and that's gonna be visual for the most part. That's not gonna come through in your copy. That's gonna be an image that's super interesting or beautiful. It's gonna be a funny video. And these don't have to be high production, but they do need to have some thought behind them. Um, in terms of what's interesting to the consumer and what's going to solve a specific problem for them that will get them to stop their scroll and then read your caption. And your caption that you're writing is going to be where you house a little bit more of the information in terms of what's my offer, what's my call to action, what do I want them to get them to do next, where do I want them to go, um, and then how do
0: they do that. So good. Let me go back because I had another note before the one worthy of a stop. So I have something about that. But first I want to briefly back up where you talked about targeting. So for those who are going to be listening to this episode and then saying, okay, I'm going to make a run for it. I'm going to go find that Facebook blueprint, which I will put the link to that in the show notes too. Um, So you get to defining your target, right? The age, demographics, the interests, Mm-hmm. is there a target number in your mind? So, you know, when you put the numbers in or you put the information in, Facebook will start telling you an estimated audience size, right? So, you know, they have that little... um oh, what is that called? It goes from like green to yellow to red, right? And it's trying to show you the ideal. Do you suggest to people to kind of follow that to try to get right where Facebook says is ideal? Or in your experience, have you found like that there's a good estimated number that you're going for there? Or should they even be paying attention to that?
1: Um, that's a tricky question. So yes, you should be paying attention to that to an extent. I mean, when we're talking small businesses like this and the budgets that you're working with, the likelihood that you're going to max out the budget in the audience is very unlikely. Um, Obviously, when I was working with a lot bigger brands, and sometimes we put, you know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars behind a single post, we had to keep a very close eye on that audience size because there is a point where you will have more money than the size of the audience. And the smaller the audience, the more expensive it is to reach them. And that's true for these businesses as well. If you have a smaller audience, you're gonna pay more to reach that audience than if that audience is more broad. But if you've done your homework early on and you've clearly defined your target, have a problem that they're solving, it's okay to pay a little bit more from them because you know you're gonna get better results than if you hadn't gone through that exercise. So pay attention to an extent. If that audience starts getting really, 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 really small, maybe pull off some of the layers and see if you can get, um, it to be a little bit larger. Um, but with the dollars that small businesses are spending, they're not going to be hitting that max on that as quickly or as frequently as a lot of the bigger brands are. They just might be paying a little bit more to reach.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's helpful. And then what about the idea of a lookalike audience for them? So say they have a page, you know, that has 5,000, 6,000 followers. Should they do that option that Facebook provides that says, Hey, give me people that look like the people that already like my page.
1: Yeah. Lookalike audiences are hugely impactful, but there's a caveat to that, right? So if you have a bunch of people who are following your page, but they don't actually buy anything from you, Doing lookalike audience off of those people is probably not going to be as impactful as if you were creating an audience, a lookalike audience off of people who you already know are likely to buy from you. So that's another one where like knowing your target and knowing who your current audience is today. Um, like from the insights that we talked about when we first started chatting about like where you're doing today before you even start promoting is really important. If those people are engaging a lot with you, they are buying your products and they are the ones who are showing up to your business day in and day out, then yes, you should be creating a lookalike audience off of that that those people who already follow your page. Um, you can also create lookalike audiences if you get a little bit more technically savvy off of people who are visiting your website, who are buying your products online. If you sell something online, you can even upload lists of customers um, who are buying your products offline and create a lookalike audience off of that with some limitations. Those audiences have to be greater than a thousand people in order for you to create a lookalike audience. So lookalike audiences are probably the most impactful way to get in front of people who are likely to buy your product but you have to have enough people in your seed audience, and you have to have the right seed audience to create that lookalike off of in order for it to have the impact that that it that it has the
0: potential to have. Okay. Thank you. That's so helpful. So a practical example, I'll tell you my Facebook business page, I learned, do not do a lookalike audience off of it for me because, um, for Storm Lily marketing, I have two, I have how to market your horse business and Storm Lily marketing, Storm Lily marketing, my family has been very supportive. And so what I learned is then all it was doing was getting me in front of more people like my family, which is not exactly my ideal audience. And so, um, so for many small business owners, you know, if you have a, a earlier pages or, you know, like that is something to be aware of with a lookalike too. So that's, that's really super helpful insight. Yeah. Um, Lookalike is only as powerful as the audience you start with. So, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So talk about making something worthy of a stop. Um, obviously it's going to vary some, but in your experience, as of even the last six months, have you started seeing that there are some things that are working really well right now, as of this moment in terms of video is better or, you know, casual, less professional pictures are better or pictures with no words are better again. Yes. I know it will be testing and testing is key, but just from what you've been seeing and experiencing personally, what would you say? yeah so i mean
1: i think since 2016 2017 the reality is is video with king um uh and so any opportunity you have to use video across both facebook and instagram is going to be much more impactful and there's a reason for that and it's a little selfish on facebook's point like but if they can get somebody to stop and watch three seconds of a video their those people are more likely to stick around on the platform longer. This is Facebook and Instagram platform, not necessarily your page. than if they were just scrolling by and seeing a post, because that post is going to lead them off of Facebook. And so Facebook um, wants more video on their platform so that they can get more people to stay on the platform and increase the value of Facebook's stock, essentially because it means they have more active users and more time on site spent. So video is king. Um, It also, like if you think about as a consumer, it is a lot easier to consume video content for the most part. And if I'm on Facebook and Instagram for entertainment, which is usually why I go to Facebook or Instagram, um, video is a generally, not always, a more entertaining form of content. And so for consumer, video is also usually a little bit better than non-video content. Obviously, in the last um, you know, six months or so, a year, really, if you've spent any time on Instagram or Facebook, you've seen reels um, pop up, which are short, informative. Um, seven seconds is kind of the sweet spot for reels in terms of getting your message out there. Um, long, uh, uh, vertically... Oriented content that's modeled originally off of kind of TikTok style content that is designed to be entertaining and informative. Um, Reels, uh, Facebook dumped an incredible amount of time and energy behind Reels. um, And that's the content that they are prioritizing right now. Now, Instagram and Facebook make changes all the time. Um, This Reels has been a hot thing for the last, you know, 12, 18, 6, 12, 18, 18 months, probably really since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, So it's probably getting towards its end of life where we might see something else pop in, but it's not very clear what that is yet. So Reels could also continue to have a pretty big impact. So that's going to be kind of your your best bet in terms of stopping the scroll because Instagram is more likely to show that content. Consumers are spending more time in the reels feed than they're spending on the news feed. Um, But if you cannot create a reel um, or you find reels to be intimidating at the beginning, um, which they can be, uh, I don't love creating reels, but I do love the value that they provide for businesses. um, Then video content is going to be your next best bet because uh, for the aforementioned reasons. One, Facebook loves it and the consumers love it. That said, if you can't create video or you don't have video and it doesn't have to be production level video, we're talking here, it could be something that you shoot right on your iPhone. Um, then uh, on Instagram, standalone photography uh, without words on it generally is a little bit better. Higher quality photography at that point does matter a little bit more. Than like where high, higher quality doesn't matter as much when you're doing video as it does when you're in photography and on Facebook, um, just because of the nature of how that platform has shifted photography with words on it, um, does it, it isn't necessarily more impactful, but Facebook tolerates that a little bit better than Instagram does.
0: Okay, that's good. Okay, I would love so backing up reels. I actually just did an episode on the podcast, just some basics, real strategy. Um, So I will link to that in the show notes for those of you that are listening that have not heard that episode yet. Um, But I would love for you to talk about a practical example, if you would. Now, I know this will not look the same for everybody, but for those that are listening and going, okay. Video is king. It needs to be entertaining. It also needs to have a call to action. Like I can already kind of hear the people that are going, I don't know really what to do now. I have the information, right? So, so how do they, or what does it look like? What's a practical example? If you have one, um, cause I know I'm putting you on the spot. Um, a video, like what would somebody do, right, to have an entertaining video that also includes call to action, is going to get people to scroll, but also is going to convert. All those things, right? It feels like a lot to pack into a seven second video, right? If they're doing a reel, or if they're doing something, you know, that's a little bit longer. Uh, what would that look like on a super practical level?
1: Yeah, so let's go back to the example that I was using previously, right? So, like, you're you're selling trick riding lessons um, to suburban moms who have young kids they want to get out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So, a reel could be as simple as three benefits of trick riding for your developing child, right? And you can very quickly list through like better motor skills and show a kid, you know, putting on, you know, like a young kid saddling up a horse, which, um, you know, if you know any any young child who's not in horses, their motor skills are not nearly as defined as, you know, somebody who is in horses and who can zip up boots, they can put on half chaps, they can, you know, do all sorts of stuff. Um, that's a benefit. Um, independence could be another benefit and then agility and strength could be a core, core strength, um, as well. So they like, you can do a really quick reel that shows a kid saddling a horse in one, one shot that shows a kid, you know, doing a flip off the side of a horse that obviously requires some level of core strength or whatever happens to be. And then what was my third one? Independence, right? You know, a young child leading, you know, a horse that's, you know, much bigger than they are out to pasture or something like that. And that can be a really quick reel that shows both the benefits of what you're offering, of what it means to come to your program and what it will do for um, your customer's um, child. Uh, who they need to get out of their house.
0: Awesome. Look at you go. Okay. So say they're doing a reels video. I'm going to get super granular here for those who are listening and saying, okay, but Denise, I create reels in Instagram most of the time. So how do I turn that into an ad? Sure. So when you, what you would do then is
1: you would go into Facebook business manager, um and once you set up your business profile on your Facebook account and then on your Instagram account you then need to create a Facebook business manager which is you go to business.facebook.com and what you'll do is this business manager you'll then link your Facebook page into it your Instagram page into it and there's a whole bunch of other tools like analytics and your ad campaigns all that live within that one place there's some if you're still publishing all of your content from your phone on Facebook you um, from your phone for Facebook or Instagram, there are some really great creator tools that are also available in the business manager. So it's, it's designed to be like your hub to access these two things. You would then go into your business manager, um, create an ad account. Um, you'd have to obviously like your credit card to that. Um, and then you would fe- create your first ad campaign where you define the campaign and your, sh- and, um, uh, your goals for that campaign. So I want to do. I want people to come to my website, right? So that's the objective I'm going to set. Then I define my target. I'm targeting suburban moms between the age of 25 and 40 who live in, um, you know, Palm Beach, Florida, and I am who have an interest in who have school-age children. And then uh, I would upload my my content. So I would then tell it that this is a Reels campaign um, here is the video and you can either download the video from instagram and upload it into the platform or i can select directly from the platform um, this is the video that i want to be promoting that i have already posted on instagram um, and then you'll add a few other pieces of information that instagram will walk you through as you're going um, like where do you want them to go if they click on the ad uh, do you want to track this information um, and then how much do you want to spend over the however long you want to do is a dollar a day. That's the smallest amount that you can spend. Or do you want to spend $10 a day? And when do you want your campaign to end? Um, and then you click go.
0: Okay. Thank you for laying that out so well. I appreciate that. And I know my listeners will really appreciate that. Um, And of course the Facebook blueprint that you shared will help walk them through some of those steps um, in terms of getting set up and whatnot as well. Okay. I have another question for you. I appreciate your generosity because I know I'm throwing a bunch at you. So I have one more question and then I'll let you close up with what you have. Um, But the money part, right? So you just mentioned, for example, a dollar a day for those who are just getting their feet wet. What do you typically advise that they set as, do they set a daily budget or should they set, you know, a whole, like I want to spend a hundred dollars, but it'll stop when it reaches that point. And is, is there an amount that you suggest and do you suggest the daily or just the overall budget?
1: Yeah. So if it, it depends a little bit, if I'm going to be spending less than a hundred or $200, um, mm, if I'm going to be spending less than $100, like over the course of 30 days, then I would set it it as a campaign budget. And what I would do is I would limit the number of different ad variations. And I would limit the number of different targets that I have, because that's just going to spread your dollars too thin. Um, And I would set that at the campaign level as versus a daily level. Um, if If I have a little bit more budget to spend, like I'm comfortable spending a couple hundred dollars in a month, then I'll set it as a daily limit until my, you know, a campaign runs out of money, essentially, okay. and then go mm-hmm. from there. I will note. So like your, the CPMs that you're paying, sorry, I should clarify what a CPM is, um, cost per thousand people, um, in advertising world, we call that a CPM cost per mil, um, is what it is. So back to the metric system. Um, is how much you pay to reach a thousand people. And that's how Facebook measures and sells everything. So when Facebook's selling you advertising space, they're selling you a lot of a thousand people and they will report out on that um, at, on a CPM basis. So generally speaking, depending on how targeted you're getting, you're paying usually somewhere between like 15 and $25 for every thousand people that you're reaching. Can be much less than that, and it can be a little bit more than that, you know, upwards of $30, depending if you're more targeted than not, and if it's a really busy time of year, right? So, if I'm trying to advertise during the Super Bowl, when everyone and their mother is also trying mm-hmm. to advertise, obviously the costs are going to be a little bit higher because there's more competition in the space. Um, and if I'm targeting a really, really tiny audience, the costs are going to be a little bit higher as well. So, Generally you can expect to pay somewhere between $15 and $25 per thousand people that you're reaching. And so if you're expecting, you know, 3% of the thousand people that you reach to click on your link, um, which is also, you know, a pretty decent place to kind of start an estimate. Um, then you you can use that to back into how much you would need to spend to get the results that you want. If say advertising, uh, sorry, website visits are your are your primary goal, um, but from a high level, less than hundred dollars, I'll set it at a campaign. If it's more than a hundred dollars, a few hundred dollars um, per month, then I would set it on it on a daily budget. Um, but keep in mind that you're paying. $15 to $25 for every thousand that you're meeting. And if you have a certain goal for the number of people that you need to take the action that you need to take, then you need to factor that into your budget as well. You can't expect a very, you know, hundred dollars to net you 300 people to your site um, or you know, net you like a thousand people to your site because you're not reaching enough people with that money in order to get the results that you're you're talking about there, so you have to be realistic with kind of how far your money's going to go.
0: Okay, that's super super helpful. I appreciate that insight. Okay, I have one more four thing, one more thing for you. Um, but actually, it's just a summary as you were typing earlier. I was writing down what you consider the element of a successful Facebook ad, or the elements. So I wrote down clear call to action. It mm-hmm. needs to fulfill a need that they have. It needs to be entertaining enough to stop their scroll. What else would you say would you would consider a successful Facebook ad? Sorry, I don't know why I'm losing my words. Successful yep. Facebook ad.
1: So does the post have a purpose? Um, does it have a clear call to action we talked about? Does it link to a solid landing page? I think that's another one that I have probably hinted at, but not been uh, specific about is it? it needs to go somewhere, right? Um, or have a, a clear thing that they can do next? What, if it's not a landing page, is there a clear link or call to action that's telling them to message me for details or something like that? Um, and then is, it, is, is the content itself designed to generate sales or another very specific result? If, it, if the answer to any of those questions is no, then all you're doing is paying to promote an update. Hmm. And that's what you want to avoid. Because you have organic reach for that purpose. You have other channels for that purpose. You don't need to be updating people on things.
0: Okay. That's so good. That's so helpful. I'm going to put all that in the show notes as well. Um, Okay. Is there anything else? I know we covered so many things, but is there anything you feel like we didn't cover that my listeners should know?
1: No, I mean, I think Facebook ads, when you get into the platform, and I don't know why they've done this, but it's like, it's like the least sexy platform ever. It's like not that easy to use. Um, and it's, it doesn't look all that pretty, but kind of once you understand where to click around and that's where the blueprint is really um, helpful, it's incredibly powerful. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't fear it. Um, you know, Facebook can do a lot of really great things because of how they can target. And it's where a majority of your customers are spending a lot of time um, and it can be really helpful for businesses to just get in front of the right consumer at the right time with the right message and to really see results for not a significant investment if they kind of have thought through all the stuff that you and I have talked about up front. If you're just, you know, willy nilly putting money behind like what we talked about an update, you probably won't see those results that you're looking for. But once you get a hang of the platform, it's, it's really powerful. And, and I encourage a lot of businesses to try it out.
0: Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing um, your insights. I will definitely, like I said, have an outline of these things on the show notes. And um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, is there a place I should direct them? Yeah, they can reach out to me on my Instagram. All I do is post pictures of ponies. So, um, <laughs> which everybody can relate to.
1: <laughs> not remotely my business, but I'm happy to answer questions at any time um, about anything specifically. Or, you know, if you wanted to work together, we could chat about that too. Um, my Instagram is kcowbiz, k c O W B-I-Z-Z. Um, and like I said, you'll just see lots of pictures of of all my foals. I, I um I have a broodmare and and lots of babies, so it's at <laughs> very least worth a look at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay, thank you so much, Katie. I really, really appreciate you sharing, and I know my listeners will as well. Thanks, Denise. It was really nice chatting with you. All right, what did I tell you? Wasn't that so? Not just interesting, but helpful. I so appreciate Katie's way of breaking it down into steps and making it very granular and giving those real life examples, because while your business may not be the specific example that she gave, I think that it really helps you to picture what it can look like to create a Facebook ad strategy, using what she gave using those ideas of having a clear call to action and knowing who you're going after and having a purpose behind it, all of those things. And so I hope that this was helpful to you. If it was, I would love to hear from you. Would you find me on social media at Storm Lily Marketing? Tag me in your stories. Tag me in your posts. Let me know what's been the most helpful to you in this episode, because I know that Katie brought so much goodness. And if you will tag Katie on Instagram, she shared with you her Instagram handle, and I will link to that in the show notes as well. But tag her and encourage her and let her know that that was helpful as well. All right. So again, you can see an outline of these steps at stormlily.com slash 77. And like I said, I'll also link to the resources that Katie mentioned. I will link to the podcast episode that we did recently here or I did recently here on reels. So make sure you jump over there. stormlily.com slash 77 and check that out, find what you need. And of course, if you have any other lingering questions, let me know. If there's enough other questions that come up after this, then I'm sure Katie would be happy to come back on and talk again. But honestly, I think you've got everything you need right here. This was such a good quality and helpful and practical interview, which you know, I love those practical step-by-steps, right? Okay. I'm so grateful that you're here. I hope you don't get tired of me saying that because I mean it from the heart. I'm very grateful for you and the business that you have and what you are doing in the equine industry. I'm grateful for you giving me the opportunity to come alongside you. If there's anything else I can do to help you out, please feel free to reach out to me anytime, Denise at stormlily.com, or you can just head to the website, stormlilymarketing.com. I wish you great blessings on the rest of your week and I will see you here again next week.